Good morning. Welcome to the MT for Christ 247 podcast. I am MT Clark, and this little meeting is more than a Zoom meeting. It's a Bible study. It's a little program that we produce called Bible Study with the Sincatis. And we're joined today by Arthur and Susanna Sincati and my wife, Pammy Lynn Clark, uh, for the study today, which will be on Psalm 13. Uh, Arthur sent us the study. And uh, so we'll uh, say good morning and uh, pass it over to him. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Um, it's grand to be here and uh, I'd like to <clears throat> open in prayer and acknowledge and invite the presence of God among us here this morning. We thank you and praise you, Lord, for um, the way that you love us and the way that you have created and orchestrated the universe. Um, it gives you glory. And it gives us a place of uh, wonderment that we can experience your majesty and uh, enjoy you. Uh, we thank you and praise you for this day that is set before us now, Lord God. We are uh, uh, believing you for great things today and ask that you would meet us here today, Lord God. We're asking for a, a visitation of your presence in such a way that just um captivates our souls we thank you for your word as we peer into it this morning it's the desire of our hearts that it would accomplish your will in changing us from uh, glory to glory in the image of your son and uh, we give you thanks in, in all this and more in jesus name amen yeah. well Oops, we lost Susanna. I think it's oh, the it's, like, uh, hi, it's a rapture, and we're yeah, we knew. <laughs> I knew she was saved, man. <laughs> the, Sorry, it's the washing machine issue. I don't know if you guys are hearing that, but so we got um, we're looking at Psalm 13 today. This is um, compliments of our dear brother, Pastor Bob Costello. It's been pressing on his heart all week, and um. I've spent some time with uh, Pastor Bob this week, and it's sort of been echoing in my soul as well. Hmm. So I sat and uh, um, looked at it, and I thought it was worthy to break tradition <laughs> because hmm. we certainly don't want to cave into that hmm. and um, uh, in uh, flow with my my dream to be an expository preacher. All That's right really want to do we're moving away from you know the subject matter today and just focusing on the word of god exegeting verse by verse line by line precept by precept well you picked the right one in psalm 13 six verses not exactly a lot of heavy lifting but not a lot of heavy lifting but you know a lot of heavy subject matter I'll tell you absolutely that. absolutely we can be in this for at least two weeks if we try if we try sure I but think we, we get it. I'll see if we get it done. Depends on you guys. You know, if you get chatty and start to oh, go down on a rabbit trail, trail. Know what might happen. So, well, I've been in past Bible studies where we've gotten through one verse. Right. Oh my goodness! I was there Tuesday night. Boy, what a group! You know, mm. talk, talk about everybody a tribute and good stuff. <laughs> it was my fault this time. Mm, well, good. So, uh, so I'm going to read the psalm. Uh, the, the whole psalm first is short. So, uh, how long will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul? having sorrow in my heart daily. How long, consider and hear me, O Lord, my God. Enlighten my eyes, lest I sleep with the sleep of death. Lest my enemies say, I have prevailed against him. Lest those who trouble me rejoice when I am moved. But I have trusted in your mercy. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. We see a pattern that we see in a lot of the Psalms. Um, it starts out with a kind of uh, 
uh, you know, crying out, uh, posing uh, a problem or a situation before God, uh, and uh, ending in praise, uh, ending in uh, a place of exaltation. And so uh, it's a good opportunity here just to look at this uh, line by line. There's a lot of uh, interesting uh, things left out at me studying this psalm, and it starts out by saying, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? Mm. And uh, notice that the psalmist, who happens to be David in this case, we don't have a lot of um, uh, historic background about this psalm as to just what it is that David might be uh, wrestling with. Uh, sometimes that's good because it can, it, it, it's, it's kind of universal. You know, we don't, we're not plugging into a particular event, so we can wear this well because it's universal. You mm. say, you know, I've asked these questions. I've mm. felt this way. I've mm. thought like this before. Um, it says, he doesn't ask the question, why? <clears throat> why is, is an ugly question to ask God? <laughs> he has no... I think we ask it a lot. <laughs> I think we ask it a lot. Why uh, I, I know. Yeah, I know I do. I do. Um it's a pressing question for me, but he has no obligation uh, to tell us why mm. and usually does not explain his ways. The closest he comes perhaps is in Isaiah 58, uh, 55, 8, where he says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. Mm. So <clears throat> uh, we, we have God in all the uh, grandeur of his character, creating uh, the universe and all that is seen and unseen. Uh, yeah, and then we have us running around uh, trying to figure them out and uh, trying to figure out why things are uh, the way they are. And, and um, you know, Paul says, uh, shall, shall the thing made ask its maker, why have you made me thus? <laughs> mm -hmm. um, right. You know, that was a rhetorical question. The answer uh, overarching answer was no. No, uh, we don't uh, get to ask why. It's not. It's not a a, a valid question uh, before to bring before God. But the interesting thing is that he does ask how long, mm. which implies hope. Um, it implies that there is a time limit on mm. a particular suffering or situation that God's promise of redemption will come to pass. Mm -hmm. That's so, important. Yeah. That's very it, important for all of us. I think so. You know, um, when we're bereft of hope, that is a dangerous, that's more dangerous than asking God why. <laughs> that's a dangerous uh, place to, to find ourselves. Um, there's an element of, of trust in how long that's not found in the question why. Why is very confrontational. Hmm. Um, however, we do see that the psalmist's uh, suffering uh, seems to push him kind of to the edge mm -hmm. when he says, will you forget me forever? You know, um, he's uh, feeling the weight of whatever is going on and seeing the big, uh, the um, eternal picture. Mm -hmm. and. Uh, I think a lot of people um, have a, a alongside this this pushing to the edge or constant, you know, asking how long or or whatever comes from that sense of abandonment. We don't ever want to be abandoned. We don't ever want to be left alone. Mm -hmm. You know, his next statement is, "How long will you hide your face from me?" You know, we play hide and seek with little children when they're small and young. And have you ever seen, you know, being a teacher after 38 years, I'm sure Tammy Lane, you've seen this too. There's always one child that hides well. And it takes a long time to find them. But sometimes there, there was one time when we finished the game and the, we were counting the children and there was one, we were missing one. And so we all go looking around the playground for this one child. And he was sitting and kind of sad in his hiking place. And when we finally found him, he says, you didn't find me. You Were you going to leave me? 
Mm. Like, no, no, we wouldn't have found you. We mm. wouldn't go in back in the building without you. Mm. I think in our hearts and in, in every human being, there's this, this hole that yeah. says, I could be abandoned. I could be left. I could be forgotten. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's really well said. As you're saying that, I'm thinking to myself, boy, the, the horror for a kid of playing hide and seek and nobody looks for them, right? <laughs> that's oh boy. nobody it's almost as bad as not being picked for the for the team you know for the basketball team yeah you know, the last yeah. one out and uh, they say oh well we'll take them it leads to um, you know that attachment theory that leads to uh i think avoidant attachment that's where you cry out for help and needs and it doesn't get you they come sometimes they come other times they don't come and then what happens you you develop this avoidant attachment where you avoid trying to trust people or, or relate to them uh, or to see right. um, where you're like me, where you don't trust anyone or, well, I trust people, but, <laughs> but, um, but that, like, that's definitely part of the, the thing. If you don't do what I ask you to do, I won't trust you to do it again. And there'll be that block in our relationship. Um, mm. Basically. So, you know, that's the feeling of abandonment and, a child learns, you know, when their parents are unreliable and it affects them right. all the days of their lives, uh, you know, unless the Lord comes in and changes things. Um, yeah. Because that's the, you know, we get used to, well, I cry and they don't come. And so, you know, psychologists will tell you that when, when your child cries, you go take care of their needs because they're, you're not toughening them up. You know, you're, uh, you're causing damage. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, on that, of course, but that's basically the latest uh, with attachment theory. That's why I invite you to this thing. <laughs> I, I love that stuff. And you always you bring that, that clinical stuff that uh, I'm like thinking to myself. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, I had no idea. Um, right to the root. So, yeah. Uh, that's the root. And think of how we can project that onto our relationship with God, because locked in the space time continuum, hmm. whereas God is outside of time. You know, one day to him is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like one day. But oftentimes when we're suffering, 10 minutes is like a thousand years, right. you know, and we're crying out and shaking our fist and reeling and wondering and pondering and crying in our soup and all kinds of things like that. And just because um, the slot machine God hasn't uh, answered us immediately and swooped in and rescued us from whatever predicament it is, we suddenly develop an attachment theory. Like, you know, where are you? Uh, will you forget me forever? Uh, you don't love me anymore? Uh, what's up with that? I guess woe is me, right? You know, I'm just, I'm just going to eat. Well, how does that go? I'm gonna eat dirt and worms all I'm gonna day. eat I'm gonna eat worms all day and you know no right? yeah. but, you know a child and uh, a child in pain doesn't know can't ask the question how long um, yeah. it's forever and that's why we can yeah. play peekaboo with them you know we take our face away <laughs> and they're they're like oh and then we come back and they're like oh they're delighted because you're back you know it's like your dog when you leave they they act like you're never gonna come home because um, <laughs> they live in the present moment and they can't ask how long they think it's going to be forever one of the mm -hmm. one of the one of the things from that comes to mind in this is uh the 80s show mork and mindy where robin williams robin williams played an alien yes and in one episode he was regressed to like a five-year-old and so robin and williams was acting like a five-year-old or whatever and being silly and whatever and uh, mindy had to leave. mindy had to leave and she left him in the apartment and he was just sobbing and crying at the window that he was leaving she left him all alone and she was never going to come back so, mm. you know this heart-wrenching stuff and that's where david is you know when and this yeah but he knows the lord thank god um yes he doesn't ask why or you know what he talks about how long will you hide your face and that is huge you know yeah. in terms of establishing our hope to realize this too will pass especially when we're, we're we walk with the lord because we know worst case scenario we'll be with the lord in the end um yeah so, you know. um i couldn't help but thinking also uh, in this 
just this morning that one place that we do see you know, the why question is Jesus on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Mm. Um, echoing Psalm 22, uh, I think it is. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, and he doesn't get an answer. <laughs> Does not get an answer. This is the yeah, uh, Lord of Lord on, on, uh, on the cross. And uh, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's just such a, a difficult theological question to wrap our brains around, right? So you ever, yeah, if you ever doubted if uh, Jesus was fully man, that's one of the moments. Yeah, exactly. You know, very, very well said. So we, we uh, move down the psalm and it says, how long uh, will you hide your face from me? And uh, I saw that as very reminiscent of Numbers uh, 6, 24, uh, 24 to 26, often called the ironic blessing. We hear this prayed oftentimes as, as a benediction. Uh, the, uh, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So the implication is that whatever situation as the psalmist finds himself in, it doesn't feel like blessing or peace. <laughs> in fact, it seems as though God has in fact turned his face or his attention away from that person. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think a, a, a attention is a, is a key way of, of uh, considering and, and looking at, at this. Uh, oftentimes uh, in a conversation, you can see a person's attention drift. Mm -hmm. And it, obviously it would be rude to have a conversation with somebody and they suddenly turn their back on you. We want to have this face-to-face -face relationship which is, um, you know, what Catholics call the beatificial relationship with God. It's like the, the, the relationship that Moses had with God. He speaks with him as to a man face to face, right? So that level of intimacy where you're looking into somebody's eyes, you're really um, drinking in what they're saying and concentrating and, uh, and, and considering it and then responding in, in such a fashion. Um, this is here is suggestive of you know the worst thing that, that God could do is to turn his face away from us to turn mm -hmm. his his attention away from us and and uh, not even <clears throat> to hate us some people have have said that that the opposite of love is not hate but it's um, uh, disregard or um, apathy. apathy yes thank you that's the word I was looking for uh, and, and and so, that's um, that's crushing to the soul, you know. Really, to just mm. be they like, don't care. They just of care. no consequence in the universe or in or in somebody's world, especially you know somebody that you love, to be of, of no consequence or, or interest. I think it also, you know, we've we've had artist friends who have you know done art shows and things like that, and they often ask, you know, well. Do you like it? You know, do you hate it? Because one time an artist friend said to me, I would rather have someone say they hate my work and, and uh, it just disgusts me. I can't stand it. But then to come by and say, eh. Right, to have no reaction. Uh, right, right. Rather than flatline. Yeah. I don't care one way or the other. That's more painful to an artist. Sure. Than it is to have someone say, I hate your work. Mm, because yeah. at least that's a strong reaction. I love your work, or I hate your, you know, that kind of thing. Right. I think human beings feel that way too. Mm. Either, you know, I yeah. don't care if you hate me. You know, we see it in children who are part of my teaching has been with children with emotional disturbances. Mm. And, you know, we try and get them to a place where they feel even and, and you know, okay and they don't have to act out. Every now and then they'll have to act out because that flatline kind of existence doesn't feel right. Right. They love me solidly or hate me solidly. So, you know, we have to come to that place where we can yeah. find the balance of, of not, but not apathy. Right. Yeah. Well, right. They'll take the, good attention or the bad attention, but they're getting attention. Yeah. The artistic uh, example, which is is excellent. Thank you for uh, folding that in. 
is that an artist's aim is to um, uh, stir a response, you know, and uh, uh, hopefully an emotional response. <laughs> and anger is a valid uh, emotional response. Some art is probably indeed geared towards oh, uh, stirring an, an angry <laughs> reaction. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, oh boy. Indeed. Yeah. Apathy or indifference or, you know, saying that, oh, it's very interesting. Or I, think, I think it's hung <laughs> the wrong way. I think it's upside down. You know, those are those are not, don't say that at the art show. Uh, that's mm. a bad thing. Yeah. Uh, also, um, we, uh, I'm sorry, I had, I had another thought, but it just uh, escaped me. Mm. So I think um, instead of pondering that too long, We'll move to the to the next verse, verse two, which says, "How long shall I uh, shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily?" Mm. Um, and I, this verse, the psalmist, he's starting to get a little more specific with his argument, with his, his and he's uh, this taking counsel in one's own soul is a dangerous thing to do. Yeah, it it it, it can be. Uh, because in, in the sentiment that I, I hear in this verse is another way of putting it is trying to figure things out on your own. I'm taking counsel in my own soul. Since since God has uh, seems to us have turned his attention uh, away from me and I'm not on his radar um, I'm, already, I'm, I'm deducing that because I'm in some sort of uh, angst or suffering. Um I'm going to try to figure this thing out on my own. Mm. And we don't have to take huge inventory to personally recollect how that works out, right? Left to our own devices, um, our very finite, subjective <laughs> little brains are, have been very adept at just messing things up, trying to figure it out on our own. We don't have perfect uh, knowledge of uh, every nuance of every situation. We don't. We're not omnipresent, and we're not om omnipotent. Any of the above. Yeah, that's how stronghold, so, strongholds are created. You know, basically when we uh, live independently of God and uh, like. Right. Like uh, the psalmist indicates, he'll have sorrow in his heart daily if he tries to, you know, when you when you take a look at creation and what you're capable of and your own adequacy. Now you're going to, you know, depending on who you are, you might be, <laughs> you might be sufficient for some things, but the big questions you're not sufficient for. Um, you know, uh, life yeah. after death, for instance. Um, yeah. But within the terra firma, you're, you're, you know, you'll be effective, and you know, uh, you know, you can solve some of your problems. But uh, there will come a time when you fail, and right. it can be taken away from you. And when you yeah. lean on your own understanding, that's when, uh, you know, you realize that's what the law is made for. You know, the Ten Commandments are to show us that we can't keep it perfectly. And our lives here on earth being uh, finite shows us that we can't, you know, maintain or, or sustain ourselves forever. Um, yeah. And that's, those things are supposed to draw us to God. And when we, when we take counsel in our own soul, uh, you know, eventually it'll lead to sorrow. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, Created in God's image, we do have this capacity for abstract thought mm -hmm. and to um, at least uh, mimic God's character mm -hmm. in the sense of uh, problem solving. We even see problem solving in the animal world as well. Right. right? You get the chimpanzee or whatever, uh, the squirrel uh, trying to figure out a better way to, to open the nut or unpeel the banana, et cetera, et cetera. So, we we've got some we've got some capacity for that, mm. but um, uh, the the frustration of it eventually, and depending on you, you know just how high the stakes are, will lead us to 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 a place where we just throw up our hands and say uncle right yeah. and say that uh, I've been striving to figure this out on my own, 
and it's just not going well. Mm. I'm digging myself deeper into a pit. Oftentimes, is, is the case when we're applying that. You know, we've got some Christian cliches that we apply, that when we apply the hand of flesh, right, yeah. or or you know our, our own uh, um, uh, thinking or abilities. So. Um, in contrast to that, uh, Proverbs uh, 3, 5 is a very familiar verse that says, lean not on your own understanding. Mm -hmm. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all mm -hmm. your ways, acknowledge him, turn your attention to him, right? Turn your face towards him and he will direct your paths. Mm -hmm. And um, what a beautiful dynamic that we can and he does. <laughs> mm -hmm. We're not just cast off in this universe which you know einstein speculated whether or not it was friendly <laughs> mm -hmm. um we're not just cast off in it to try to figure it out on, on our own with our very uh, uh with very temporal results in that right you know maybe we'll contribute a line right that um mm -hmm. who said that uh, mm -hmm. uh yeah i think so right yeah. contribute a verse to the great you know yet you know oh me oh my uh you know that's from that's from uh, uh you know they highlighted that in uh dead poet society with uh yes robert yeah. robert williams you know seize the day seize the day it's supposed to be a robin williams uh i can think of uh, yeah. kind of day <laughs> um some 73 24 ads you will you will guide me with your counsel mm. and afterwards receive me to glory so god keeps us on on a trajectory and uh, that's okay that's a good thing mm. he's a good god and i'm okay with that i don't have to um reinvent the wheel or go veering off in another direction it's much and when i try it it usually ends badly so why uh, uh, tempt God? But of course, there's, there's also there's a tempter out there who's drawing us as well. How long will my enemy be exalted over me? Mm. He goes on to say. And um, I want to highlight here that the enemy of our soul is Satan. Um, he is uh, determined to destroy us in in some capacity hmm. because god has um showered his attention and his favor on mankind and it's not even talk about indifference it's not even that satan hates us hmm. we're indifferent in his equation in his thinking it's that he hates god yeah. to such an extent that if he would shower his attention on us um then we become the target of satan's wrath mm -hmm. and, and um uh seeking to steal kill and destroy right uh, someone uh, one author that i've been reading recently i it's kind of a blur i don't remember recall who said this but they were said that um one of the reasons you know why satan's wrath is is so uh, focused upon mankind is that his aim was to sit on the throne, sit, sit on the throne of God. And we read that in uh, Isaiah 14, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, his, his aim was to sit on, on the throne. And the closest he can come to that is to sit on the throne of our hearts mm -hmm. because that's God's rightful right. place, you know? Right. He can't uh, dethrone God in the universal sense, in the mm -hmm. heavenly but he can dethrone God in on on our hearts, right? Or at least um, uh, uh, try to, you know. If um, if we're in Christ, uh, good luck, Satan. You know, if you're gonna arm wrestle with Jesus, you're already defeated, foe. Mm -hmm. um, but that tug of war, we feel that tug of war going on, right? And we feel um, his uh, his influence of uh, of undermining our testimony. Hmm. And uh, vexing our lives in, in, in such a way that um, we uh, would be unfruitful. Mm. 
this is his aim. Hmm. We read, uh, I have a couple of readings here. If, have, uh, uh, is that Matthew? Yes, you have Matthew? Great, that would be good, honey. Would you read that, please? 28 to 39? Yes. Actually, you could take, it's the whole um, parable. You see the whole parable? Oh, yeah, 24? Yes. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in a field. But while the man slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went away. <clears throat> but when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. So the servants of the owner came and said, Sir, did you not sow good seed in that field? And how come there... Then how come does it have tares? He said to them, Ah, oh, an enemy has done this. The servant said to him, Do you want me to, us to go out and gather them up? But he said, No, lest while you're gathering up the tares, you should uproot the wheat with them. Mm. Let them both grow together until the harvest time. And at the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, First gather together the tares, bind them together in bundles and burn them. Then gather the wheat into my barn. Exactly. And so uh, <clears throat> Jesus explaining the parable goes on to say in um, uh, 39, in verse 39, he says, the enemy who sowed them is the devil and the harvest is the end of the age and the reapers are the angels. Mm. So we see the players. Uh, Satan is the is the enemy of our souls. Um, Luke 10, 19 says behold i give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you and finally can you find the first corinthians i got that uh the last let, uh, yeah first corinthians fifteen twenty six is the last enemy that will be destroyed is death right and so we know understand that the the wages of sin is death, and this is the, the place that, that Satan is always tempting us uh, uh, towards. Mm. So uh, during uh, times of, of trial, it's sometimes difficult to distinguish who the enemy is, right? We <laughs> are often tempted to think that God is the enemy mm. in this equation. Again, uh, that, why that, have you done this to me? Why have you done this detachment uh, um, uh, feeling that uh, he hasn't swooped in and, and rescued me from such and such a situation? God must be uh, against me. Yeah. But uh, Romans 8.31 is, you know, very gratifying and, and contrary to that uh, sentiment, which says, if God be for us, who can be against us? Mm -hmm. And that if is is really more appropriately translated since. Yeah. Since God is for us, the wrath of God has passed over us in Christ Jesus. And so therefore, um, you know, now uh, under this dispensation, we live in grace and favor. The favor of God is upon us. We are his and he is mine. And it shall be done to me as it was foretold me. So uh, we live in this uh, dispensation of grace, mm. and it, um, it, it can be painful at times, but we're going to see how even outside, you know, prior to the dispensation of grace, the psalmist begins to, to turn a corner. Um, he says, consider and hear me, O Lord my God, enlighten my eyes, lest I sleep of the sleep of death. Mm. Um, so apparently... In, in this psalm, David's life is on the line. Uh, this seems to be a, a, a life or death situation. And it's sometimes it, it's a good idea for us to uh, measure our circumstances. Okay. Uh, God's not against me just because all the traffic lights weren't green today or because it, it, they didn't have my, you know, the special topping for my mocha latte at my favorite coffee shop. This is not... These are not wicked, oppressive signs of God's wrath or his disapproval of the fact that, you know, I watched uh, an R-rated movie last night or, or whatever the case happens to be. Um, this is the, you know, we should, we should kind of measure our circumstances. I heard uh, one time, great a, a statistic. Uh, I wish I could remember the details or find the source and humbly apologize for being so 
uh, unintentional <laughs> about this these things. But I, and I, I believe it was World War just prior to World War One. Um, psychiatry was on the rise, Freudian and Jung, and those guys. It was all on the rise, and uh, in a time of great prosperity. Um, everybody was running to the psychiatrist because their cat didn't like them or it was cloudy today or there was a surge of psychiatric um, need, seemingly. Once the war happened, suddenly everybody got well. <laughs> it, was completely, <laughs> it was completely reduced mm -hmm. because, you know, the, 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 the starkness, the comparison contrast was very mm -hmm. stark now. Sudden, and this was a real problem, okay. And it's something that um, we had to sort out, and we had to get in the game, and, and um, we couldn't just sit on the couch and muse over our <clears throat> hopeless predicament. Mm. Uh, and, and so, um, uh, I, I think uh, uh, it, it's always wisdom to measure our circumstances, and it's always appropriate to call out to God, but in life and death situations, obviously it's more pressing. And when the, the psalmist asks, enlighten my eyes, it's interesting because he, 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 to note that he seems to be asking for wisdom and not deliverance. Hmm. Enlighten my eyes is, is a, a cry for wisdom and understanding. Um, how, how are we going to navigate our way uh, through or out of this um, in such a way that uh, uh, I'm not crispy crittered <laughs> and you're honored and glorified God. Mm. Uh, and so uh, he may, uh, in the second half, uh, I'm thinking to myself, he, he may be coaxing God, coaxing uh, God, mm. because in, in another Psalm, and this isn't David, but it says, the dead do not praise you, Lord, nor do any who go down into silence. Mm -hmm. So we say to ourselves, like, what value is there in my destruction? Right. And uh, even hold that up uh, to God as kind of a, an offering to say, uh, um, kind of a bargaining chip. Yeah. <laughs> Lord, uh, you made me uh, to honor you and praise you. But uh, that's going to be difficult from the grave. Right. So you want to... You want I'm to swoop in, your Lord, but <laughs> I'm pitching, but you're not catching. <laughs> so <laughs> um, I'm just saying, you know, we're moved to say, and, and again, we think of kids again, you know, trying to somehow um, uh, just arm wrestle another cookie out of you, or uh, or or uh, another, you know, week of vacation at Disneyland, and I'll do the dishes for the rest of my life, or whatever. I think I kind of feel like uh, David's uh, arm wrestling here. Um, remember that this is a, an Old Testament perspective without the uh, example and assurance of the resurrection. Mm. We see glimpses of that in, in, in the New Testament, prophetically speaking, that, um, that there is indeed uh, life after death and the resurrection, but we know that even as 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 far up as to the first century, the Sadducees were struggling with that. They didn't believe that there was a resurrection. Mm. Like, wow, what Bible are you guys reading? You know, Job says, "In my flesh, I will see God." Yeah, I've been watching um, the uh, the Chosen, and the Sadducees are yeah. presented as you know real earthy in terms of their faith, in terms of. Right now, right here, we are to live a holy life as more or less this is it. You know, <laughs> like right. that is sort of eye opening to their perspective because you don't really have a, you know, you don't get a lot. You know, they don't believe in a resurrection, but uh, the way the uh, they were presented in the shows and shows that you know you sort of got one life to live, and uh, you know you got to do God's work here, which is. You know, really, like the eternal God would, you know, have you do his will. And then that's it. Okay, you're done now. And that's it. Done. <laughs> like, what's the, yeah. you're here to, sp I mean, I guess it was really faithful because it was like, we're going to spend every essence of our limited lives 
to honor and obey the Lord and then die and disappear. Um, mm. Like we really appreciate our lives because yeah, this, this is all there is. It's the uh, YOLO, uh, you only live once crowd. Uh, that was a Sadducee's bumper sticker, YOLO. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds noble. Yeah, right. But many things. But, they, uh, they, but, but the Pharisees were like, what are you, crazy? <laughs> like they, yeah. and they pointed to the scriptures, you know, that uh, indicated the resurrection. Of course. Yeah. Um, that notion of um, life being so temporal, I, I don't know. I Somehow that wave uh, came on me even as a kid. Mm. Yeah, I just couldn't, I couldn't... Um, really come to terms with uh like all this is going to burn and um uh that uh and it, to take it to the next level is that my little personality and my uh deep thoughts and all these bible studies and you know it's all just going to be erased yeah. and has really genuinely has no value this is the atheistic worldview which is extremely fatalistic you know, because we can take that out to a, a different extreme than the than the than the Sadducees, and say carpe diem, you know, just live live for the moment, right? Live live, live it up for the moment, you, you know. Um, go bungee jumping and just do whatever you want to do, uh, and feed, you know, uh, gratify that flesh yeah. because uh, that's this is drinking. all you got. You drink and be merry for a while we die, you know? Like, exactly. Yeah. Um, so he goes on in verse 4 to say, least my enemy have, uh, say, I have prevailed against him. Least those who trouble me rejoice when I am moved. Hmm. Um, uh, interesting thought it occurred to me that Satan can never say this. The enemy of my uh, soul can never say I've prevailed against him. Because Philippians 1 6 says, He who has begun a good work in me will see it through yeah. or will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. And so uh, we have a blessed assurance that Satan cannot prevail against us, that he is defeated, and that we are um, uh, uh, secure in, in God, sealed by the Holy Spirit, uh, name written in, in the book of life. Now, I, I, I know that this is just like. You know, the can of worms of all Christendom, right? Eternal salvation, or can you lose your salvation? And can your name be blotted out of the book of life? Like, uh, uh, is uh, an inference in uh, Revelation so with some of the churches? Uh, can, can all that happen? And of course, we have, uh, we have contra uh, contradictory uh, scriptures with that, where Jesus says, um, uh, you know, no man can can snatch you out of the, the father's hand and my sheep know my name, you know, all, all of the above. Um, it, I want to lean towards uh, eternal security, yeah. but I do that very circumspectly. You know, I'm, I'm very aware of my <laughs> undeservedness right. of that and uh, uh, very willing to uh, be confessional before always, God. Always play with that. So, I said, yeah, it's, it is once saved, always, always saved. If you're saved. Uh, if not. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> like, like there's the condition, you know, uh, you know, yeah. Yeah. you know, there's, there's the, I, I mean, because of, uh, you know, passages where Jesus tells people that thought they were in the kingdom that he never knew you. Um, you right. know, there's, there's, there's the idea of self-deception. False, right. convert, you know, false converts and yes. they were with us and then they walked away and they're not with us because they never were of us and it's like whoa yeah. and All so our our faith will endure and once saved always saves me our faith will endure and that we may walk away for a time but ultimately we would not walk away for good and our faith right. will be tested yeah. and tried yeah. and the fruit um uh, of our of our walk will demonstrate you know that we're, we're, we're we do believe and the fruit is love and obedience uh, yes. to his yes. commandments and and giving a testimony um to you know you're not proclaiming Jesus as the as the only way to live 
you might not be in the kingdom. You know what I mean? We'll, be, we'll turn it into a Jeff Foxworthy. Uh, uh, <laughs> you might not be a Christian. Um, you know? Yes. <laughs> well, you know, it, you bring that up. the other day we had some young people over for dinner and um, I made the statement. I said, well, just because you sit in a garage doesn't make you a car. That's no more than people who sit in church make them a Christian. Yeah. There's more to it. And uh, you want to search that out and you want to seek it out. And, uh, you know, being saved, you know, saying the prayer and all that kind of stuff is good and meaningful if it really is good and meaningful. Mm -hmm. I don't mean to yeah. cast out, but yeah, another one I would, I would say, if I was doing my Jeff Foxworthy routine, say, if you only go to church on Easter and Christmas, you might not be a Christian. Um, just saying, you know, I mean, that's, you know, whatever you know and just because like you said i love that you know if you're <laughs> because you're in a garage that doesn't mean you're a car you know that's that's the thing and and that's why we're supposed to search the scriptures and seek out our salvation with fear and trembling is to make sure we have a relationship with the lord yeah you know that we're not hypocrites like the pharisees yeah. that knew the law but were far from it you know, that believe, you know, said we believed in with our lips, but not, you know, in our hearts. And, you know, there's that's why Jesus came. He came to expose the fact that we needed a relationship with him, with the Lord. And he was the means of our salvation. He, you know, he was revealing the mystery. And mm -hmm. admit, guys, um, you, you believe in me and you'll live. Yeah. <laughs> Interestingly enough, uh, it's, it's the Christian faith that even... You know, only exclusively offers a glimmer of uh, blessed assurance. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Islam does Islam does not. Um, Buddhism does not, in the sense that nobody ever defines nirvana. So we don't. You don't even know what you're you're moving towards. Mm -hmm. um, I I guess atheism. Uh, offers a, a blessed assurance of fatality, you know, of of just that, you know, as we've already discussed, that that's uh, you, some, you, of the, you, some of the some of the all garbage that comes out of atheism is just unbelievable. That um, that you know you will live on in people's memories, like oh yeah, yeah, sure, the collective consciousness until they die, and then everything. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to be logically consistent in an atheistic worldview, your science shows that the universe will die. Yeah. Yeah, and, um, you know, you better write a biography and put it in a lead box, right? Right, and it'll oh. float around in the darkness of space for eternity for no one to see. And no one, well, until the next, uh, until, until the, the next crew comes along, and oh my, right? Fine, it better be a picture, it better have a lot of pictures to do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, so, um, I love uh, Blessed Assurance, yes. I uh. That is uh, that's that's a about. That's why we have rest in Christ. The only yes. way we can have rest is to know we're we're of Him. You know that our lives will confirm our faith. That you know our His Spirit tells our spirit that we are children of God. We're like, right. hey, hey, I really am a Christian. It's good news. It's it good. good news. Um, speaking of the good news, Satan's last day of rejoicing was at the cross when he thought he had defeated Christ. Right. That was that was your last big chance, and um, you know we like you think of uh, of the Narnia image, right? Of uh, Aslan being slain on on the rock, and and the uh, witch rejoicing, and all her little cohorts uh, having a big party, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but that was a, a short-lived victory. It's hardly a victory mm. uh, because. Uh, um, Sunday was coming, <laughs> and uh, the third day he 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 rose again, yeah. and uh, to uh, uh, to put to shame all principalities and power, making a making a public spectacle of them, mm -hmm. making yeah. a public spectacle. Um, this is the the majesty of our God. Um, Where it changes, it yeah. Turns. Uh, so, um, as with many psalms, uh, the the tone changes here uh, towards the end of verse five. He says, "But I have trusted in your mercy; my heart shall rejoice in your salvation." And uh, 
again, this was reminiscent, at least to me, of Psalm 42, uh, 5, where it says, why, uh, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disquieted within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my mm. Savior, my God. And in, in both cases, the psalmists are bishoping their own soul. Mm. You know, sometimes we have to do war between our own ears. You know, we have to um, uh, remember the truth and confess it and um, and really make a choice to agree with it. Uh, in in our, our own mind, it's more than... I would suggest that it's, it, there's a there's a spiritual dynamic here. It's more than just mental assent, yeah. right? Because that you know limits uh, our faith to just kind of another uh, self help Zen like um, uh, experience where you know if we if we ponder this thing long enough, we'll eventually come to the conclusion that uh, there is good in the universe, and I can yeah, I can tap into that. And, uh, uh, so, I, uh, I, but uh, we say often that indeed the, the war is going on uh, between our, our ears and we know some things about God because he's revealed himself to us in, in his word and we have opportunity to um, ponder that. Mm -hmm. It's the very methodology and means that we use to, you know, fulfill the commandment of renewing your mind we have to we must displace darkness with light we must displace the lie with the truth mm -hmm. and so <clears throat> it seems as though as uh, it's it's beginning to sink in uh, a little bit for david here and he's he's turning a corner mm -hmm. it's always uh, it's always appropriate for us to be circumspect and to dis uh, and to discipline or, or bishop our, our own souls we must keep it uh, we must keep a positive confession before god uh, someone once said, you know, instead of telling God about your problems, why not tell your problems about your God, right? <laughs> because you've just turned the tables on them. And uh, that's a, a, a much hi uh, higher place. Yeah. So Proverbs 18.20b and 21 says, uh, for the produce of his, uh, of his lips shall be fill filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Mm. So there, this you know, classic Derek Prince uh, theology: the power of proclamation. Um, it, it, say it. Uh, I um, have often wondered. Uh, I, I see, not not in a judgmental. Gen really, I'm not. All right, I'm trying not <laughs> to be <laughs> judgmental, but. Um, you know, I'll, I'll sully up alongside somebody in church who will simply refuse to sing or refuse to pray. Right. And, um, uh, and their life is a mess. <laughs> and, you know, Pastor Finn used to say, you got to prime the pump uh, sometimes. Uh, and it starts with your confession. It starts with your positive confession. And it's not just about thinking happy thoughts. You you gotta you you've got to express that with mm -hmm. your with your lips. You've got to make that proclamation. You've got to speak that. Uh, it's it's a it's a place where we where we partner with the uh, uh, with the divine in that he spoke the universe in, into existence, mm -hmm. and we get to likewise call those things which be not as though they be. Mm -hmm. What. What a powerful dynamic. And, you know, sometimes that can just be um, the oppression of a bad day, right? Uh, we've got to bishop our souls and we have to use our lips in order to do that. That This is the design. This is the methodology that God has ordained, you know, from the foundations of the universe. Right. And, and we're uh, proclaiming the truth, you know. Um, yeah, right. It's, it's, it's the, you know. We can say we can say a lot of things. Um, yeah, we can want a lot of things, but the things that the things that have power are the things that God said about us, and those right. are the things that and and it's merely stepping out of the lie and the enemy is telling us, and it's proclaiming the truth and the hope that will 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 rise above and that the Lord will deliver us. Uh, but yeah. even if He doesn't deliver us, you know, He'll sustain us. 
Um, right. You know? So yeah, that that changes everything. Is the uh, you know proclaiming it, uh, proclaiming right. the truth about yourself, and. Yeah. You know, it's. It, I love the the phrase you used. You know, tell tell your problems about God. You know, in um, in times of trial or whatever, I I'll declare that the Lord loves me and accepts me, and I'm significant and uh, secure in Christ. And you know, with the circumstances are particularly bad or whatever, I might say something like, "You don't know who I know." Right. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I know the Lord your God, and <clears throat> this is all according to His will. And I don't know where this is going, but I know He's 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 ahead of us, uh, going before yeah. us. And mm -hmm. it's a matter of seeing, you know, how His will will be done. Um, and uh, I trust Him, and I'm gonna keep walking with Him until until we see, you know, our yeah. salvation or whatever. Mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. yeah we've got those bullet points mm. he is good every good and perfect gift comes down from the father of lights in whom there is no shadow of turning mm. um his plan is good I, you know i will work all things together for good for those who love the lord and are called according to his purpose we we do battle with these scriptures in order to just recalibrate our thinking mm. and um uh uh change our perspective and this is what david is is driving towards he says i will i will sing to the lord because he has dealt bountifully with me and uh this singing is an act of of uh rejoicing and worship it just is universe rather universally an act of of rejoicing and take it to the next level of worship first chronicles 16 9 says sing to the lord Sing psalms to him. Talk of all his wondrous works. Again, talk of all his wonder. We're not humming a tune. We're not. We're not doing. I'm. I'm singing. I'm singing in my mind. It's some people. Some next to me will actually say that I'm singing in my mind. Uh, that's great. Um, we we know from Ezekiel twenty eight thirteen. We get an inference that Satan, Lucifer, was the worship leader of heaven. It says the workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day uh, you were created. Uh, perhaps for this reason, singing is such a powerful weapon against the wiles of the enemy and his, you know, his his schemes, his temptations, his his plans. Uh, we recall Paul and Silas in prison, right, singing hymns, and suddenly the uh, the you know the doors of the prison were open, the, the shackles fell off. Uh, so there's a powerful dynamic in, in singing. Mm. And uh, I know, and I don't have a great singing voice, and so I don't even really enjoy hearing myself sing. <laughs> uh, but we have to bishop our souls and our bodies. I buffet my body, Paul says. This is one of the ways. We, we have to, you know, just dig down deep inside and do it. Just do it. Yeah. And um, see what happens. Do it experimentally and see what happens. Mm -hmm. uh, perhaps for this reason, you know, is I, oh, I said that singing is a powerful weapon against him. So uh, in in the last line of the psalm, we witness a a, a, a total change of perspective. Uh, clearly, nothing in David's circumstances could have changed just in in the breadth of this psalm. You know, from verse one to verse six. Uh, it, it's still a life or death situation that he seems to be involved in. All of the aforementioned uh, sentiments are still uh, um, part of reality for David, but he defers to a higher reality here. It's entirely possible that he is reflecting maybe on the full orb of his life experience. Hmm. God has dealt bountifully with David as he has with us. Even though, even even though faith is a gift, um, experiences with God fortify our faith, and we can almost <clears throat> paraphrase this to say, "You've gotten me out of many harsh uh, circumstances before, and I know you will rescue me again." Uh, Paul has this perspective in Philippians 
217, when he says, yes, and if I am being poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith, I'm glad and rejoice with you all. Yeah. Um, God is faithful and good, not because our perspective suddenly realizes that he is, but because he is. And our pliable perspective has the capacity to realize it, that he is, when we are in touch with his his Holy Spirit mm. and, and come in align with his his uh, divine order and his goodness and grace. Psalm 116, I thought was good to uh, close with. Verse 7 says, uh, return to your rest, O my soul, mm. for the Lord has dealt bountifully with me. <clears throat> and so um, that's what we have uh, uh, expressed in, in, in this psalm. Uh, on 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 the roller coaster of life, we're going to hit some valleys, uh, and in but in those valleys, we can maintain a, a healthy perspective on on who God is, um, and uh, that He is that He loves us, that He is accessible. Pastor Finn used to say that the only thing that Satan can vex you with are circumstances. And circumstances are always subject to change. <laughs> you know, just as surely as the pessimist, you know, would say every every uh, every shiny every silver lining has a dark cloud surrounding it, right? <laughs> well, you know, the optimist is determined to say that every bad situation has the potential to turn around and, and change in, into something good and, and, uh, and gratifying. I used uh, in, in the prison last night the example of a man who recently went home to be with the Lord, and truly it was a, a, just a, a glorious homecoming for him. Uh, our friend Atua Tio was, oh, wow. uh, yeah, a pastor, and... Uh, he, with several partners, had a Christian bookstore in uh, Hudson, New York, for many, many years. Mm. Uh, he was also a college professor. Mm. He uh, uh, taught uh, philosophy and comparative religions on a college level. And, he, and uh, beyond all that, he was a great guy. Mm. Uh, husband and father, uh, his uh, daughter, Sarah, was a, was a missionary to uh, Cambodia. Cambodia. She and, and her wife, uh, her husband, Hunter. And so he had a fruitful life and a beautiful life and, and uh, impacted many people as we witnessed at his memorial service in a positive way. And one of the most powerful uh, positive ways that he impacted people was uh, tragically uh, facing, you know, the shadow of the, the valley of death. He had a, a terrible car accident seven years ago. Yeah. And was, um, you know, rendered incapacitated, uh, quadriplegic mm. uh, for, for the remainder of his years of his life. Mm. And everybody who knew him during that period was just flabbergasted by his positive attitude. He was determined to go back to work and teach, which he did. Um, and he always had a, 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 a positive testimony and a joyful heart. Uh, and, um, and these are the things that, uh, uh, you know, resonated. If you want to say, you know, you know, he lives on in the memory of the people that he impacted with this, with this life. Well, yes, sure, he did. And we've already agreed that that's going to be temporal. But um, he more importantly walks into the joy of the lord and hears well done good and faithful servant mm -hmm. and that's the you know that's the the complete satisfaction mm -hmm. um, of, of our souls that we are um, have that face-to-face -face, be at official relationship with god and we can enjoy that and drink it in this is the very thing that our souls longs for mm -hmm. And, and so I think, um, you know, towards the end of the psalm, David ratchets into that e eternal perspective and realizes that, you know, I've, I've, I've been in some tough, I, I faced Goliath. Mm -hmm. 
I was scared. It was a life or death situation, mm. but you brought me through. And, um, you know, I faced, uh, uh, I killed 10,000 out on the battlefield and I, I, fa I faced some, some things and you have got, you are faithful Lord. You have always brought me through your promises are yes. And amen. And I'm going to rest in your, in your goodness. Um, in, at the, at the end of this song and wait upon you for the, uh, for the next season of life. Amen. Yes. And not only that, he's going to rejoice and sing. So, you know. He's going to rejoice and sing through it all. That's a great, and that's a, just a great you know, and thing to do. Not just plodding <laughs> along. We're, we're going to rejoice and sing. Right. Exactly. That's an appropriate response. Anyway, I think that at this point, the appropriate response is to pray us out. Let me uh, rejoice, and uh, I'll be singing today at Star Point Church at the 10 a.m. Oh. service, if anyone would like to sing with me. Okay. <laughs> it's, uh, right. Like the person next to you, perhaps. That's right. That's right. Highly recommend it. Yeah. Uh, Lord God, Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing yes. us together uh, to to inspire us with, the, uh, with Psalm 13. Uh, that, uh, you know, you're larger than our problems, that you've solved our problems. And with our salvation, we can rejoice and sing. And Lord, we just right. thank you for bringing us together to encourage one another. Uh, in our faith, we pray for you to go before us today to all those worship services out there um, to anoint the uh, teachers, the pastors that are speaking uh, to uh, share your truth and to uh, anoint the, the worship teams to, um, uh, to, to, you know, uh, encourage us in the Lord to lift up our voices and rejoice and sing to you and, uh, and to bless our fellowship where we get to rejoice in one another's company and the fact that we are together uh, in our faith in Christ. Lord, we pray for you to, um, to go before us this, this week to, to look out for us, to protect us and to guide us, to encourage other people to find you. And uh, we pray for you to use us to encourage people to, um, to put their faith in you and to follow you. Lord, we thank you. We praise you. We love you. And we pray all these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 All right. Well, I thank everyone for uh, listening or tuning in. Uh, I thank um, the the subscribers that got us to that three ninety mark um, this wow. week, and um, and for everyone who's um, given positive feedback and and whatnot uh, on our YouTube channel. And um, we're humbled. Um, ours is a ministry of encouragement, and any feedback or numbers that reflect that someone's out there listening or being inspired. Uh, encourages us so we we've had some people that listen and uh watch and we'll keep we'll keep walking and rejoicing in the lord and singing uh yes so we we we, we thank you and uh we say to you from from all of us to you we say god bless you all so, yeah. good night